Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Trevor Lovell, a pastor from our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. So we created this podcast, The Daily Cut, just short biblical devotionals that we've posted on a regular basis that we hope have encouraged you and challenged you in your walk with Jesus. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right, it's good to be with you all. I hope you've been enjoying our series through the Minor Prophets here. And uh, I'm here to say that this is actually the final episode in that series. We're wrapping it up with the book of Malachi, uh, which is actually the last book in the, not just in the prophets, but in the entire Old Testament. And um, actually a little bit of an announcement here. It's not just the final episode in that series. It's also the final episode for the Daily Cut, the podcast that we've been uh, working on throughout this season. And so, uh, you know, with this being our, our closing episode, I just want to say thanks uh, here to all the listeners, to everyone who's engaged with this, uh, in this and has enjoyed and, and benefited from it. Just want to say thanks for coming along on the ride. And uh, I hope it's been beneficial to you, that you've learned some things and that it's been an encouragement. And uh, also, I just want to say a thanks to all the contributors. We've covered a lot of different types of material, a lot of different types of content over these past several months. And we've had a lot of different voices on here as well. And so I just want to say thanks to everyone who's been involved. It's really been a, a lot of fun uh, and a a project I've enjoyed a lot. So, all right, let's jump in today. We'll make our way through our final voyage in the book of Malachi. And let me just set the context here right at the top and then give some of the flow of the book. All right, so the book of Malachi, it came around about a hundred years after the people of Israel returned from exile. And when they first came back, right, the, the Babylonians came in, wiped them out, 70 years, they're in exile. Uh, and then after 70 years, they come back. And when they first got back, they had these high hopes, right, for their future, that the things in Jerusalem and in Israel were gonna be great, that God was gonna restore them, that the messianic king would come, that, that God would do all of these great and incredible things amongst his people. But part of what we saw in the books of Haggai and Zechariah, the last two that we covered, are that when the people came back from exile, they themselves were still messing up. They weren't living in ways that were faithful to God. And the book of Malachi basically picks up that same thread from those books of calling out uh, and confronting the people of Israel in the ways that they're falling short. And it's reinforcing those same points, right? Because as you read through it, you can see that it basically has these series of issues or disputes between God and the people of Israel. And in each one of them, there's this conflict, right? Because the people are living in a way that's out of line. They're not, uh, just a couple of examples. For one, they're not practicing the tithe, right? Where they were supposed to give 10% of their income in support of the temple. Every Israelite was supposed to do that and they weren't doing it, right? And so as a result of that, the temple was in a state of disrepair. Even after they finally, you know, they got called out in the book of Haggai for building their homes instead of the temple, they built the temple finally. And then even then they still weren't supporting it in the way they were supposed to. And so the temple was in a continual state of disrepair, which was dishonoring to God. It was, it was the place of presence of, it was the place of the presence of God amongst his people, uh, and they weren't taking care of it, right? And another one is that the offerings people were bringing to the temple, the sacrifices, the animals, they were, they were pitiful, right? They were supposed to bring their best, these unspotted, unblemished animals that were healthy and strong. They were supposed to bring their best before God. But instead, consistently, the people were just sacrificing what they didn't want. They were offering animals that were lame and that weren't good for anything else. They were offering the weak and the sick. They were giving things that they just couldn't do anything with themselves. They were giving to God what they just didn't want. 
right? And, and so as a result of that, their giving, their offerings were actually more offensive to God than anything else because it showed how little value they put uh, towards their relationship with him, how, how little they actually honored him in their hearts. And so in that sense, a lot of the book has this negative tone to it as God is calling out Israel for their continued failures uh, in these areas and in other ones as well, even after the exile, right? After 70 years in Babylon, they, God finally opens the doors for them to come back. And yet still, they're making the same mistakes. Right? Their hearts haven't changed. Right? But then, thankfully, the book does offer some hope. And that's actually where our passage comes in, in this small section, just six verses that make up the fourth and final chapter of the book. And I want to read that for us now. This is Malachi chapter four. Uh, I want to read just the first three, verses one to three first, and then we'll take verses four to six afterwards. All right, so Malachi four, starting at verse one. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall and you shall tread down the wicked for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. So what's happening here is that through Malachi the prophet, God is sending a message, right? A message of hope. And he's using two really important categories or ideas that we need to know about in order to understand, right? And, and the two of them are, they're the remnant and the day of the Lord at the remnant and the day of the Lord. So just prior to this, actually, the remnant is mentioned uh, and, and they're actually still in mind when this passage comes into play. And the remnant, it's essentially this idea that in every generation, no matter how wicked things get, no matter how much things turn for the worse, there is always a remnant of people who remain faithful to God. There's always people who serve God regardless of the circumstances, people who follow God faithfully. In every generation, there is always a remnant. That's the first idea. And this passage is communicating hope specifically to that group of people uh, and about that group of people. So that's the first one. The second is the day of the Lord, which is a pretty central concept for these prophetic books. Because in the Old Testament, a lot is said about the day of the Lord. It's a, it's a big theme, uh, especially through the prophetic books. And it's a day of judgment, right? It's a day when God comes and sets things right. For, and for a lot of people, it's a scary day. because it's the day that the judgment of God will come upon this earth. But what this passage is saying is that the day of the Lord is only terrible for those who've rebelled against God, for those who've rejected him, for those who haven't been faithful. But for the remnant, the day of the Lord isn't actually a scary thing at all. It's not a terrible day. It's actually a great day because the prophet Malachi says that on that day, uh, which for us, we understand that it's the day when Jesus comes back, the second coming of Christ, that on that day for the remnant, right, it says the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. It's a good day. And it's something that we look forward to. Right, so, so that's the first part, that this day is coming and it will be very different for the remnant uh, and for those who are not a part of the remnant. Right? And, and there's hope within that message. So then what's next is verses four to six. And I'll just read that for us now. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. 
So we have this word just before about how the day of the Lord will be great for the remnant, but bad for everybody else. Then comes this piece here, which is the conclusion to Malachi, uh, to the prophets as a whole. And also some say that it's actually the conclusion to the entire Old Testament because it calls attention to the books of Moses, the law saying, remember these, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him that are for all of Israel, right? Remember these, cherish these teachings, teachings and live according to them but also a promise that God will send a prophet, one like the prophet Elijah before the great and awesome day of the Lord. And this prophet will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their fathers. And earlier in this letter, in chapter three, early parts of chapter three, God actually said that he would send a messenger before him to prepare the way for his coming. And then after that messenger, God himself will come and be like a refining fire that will purify his people. And so this part here at the end, this talking of Elijah and a new prophet, it's connecting back to that, uh, what, it, what it said earlier in chapter three. Because what we see is when we come to the New Testament is that John the Baptist is the prophet. He's the messenger who comes before God to prepare the way for him. And Jesus himself is the coming of the Lord. So John the Baptist prepares the way. And in Jesus, God himself comes, right? God the Son. He is the coming of the Lord because he is Emmanuel, a name which means God with us, as the book of Matthew says. So Jesus is the refining fire. He's the one that purifies the remnant and draws us close to God so that when the day of the Lord does come, for us, it will be a day of rejoicing. It's a day that we look forward to with hope. But what's interesting is we can make those connections because we live on the other side of Jesus's first coming. When he came as a human, he lived amongst the people of Israel. He gave his life for us, right? We live on the other side of that. And so we can look back at this and read the gospels and, and connect the dots. But the people of Israel, they received this message from Malachi. And then for 400 years, there wasn't a single prophet in the land. Not a single word from God came to them. And so all they had to hold on to were these promises through those 400 years of silence. They had these scriptures, the Old Testament, the, the words of Moses that they were called to remember, right? the books of the prophets. They had the scriptures to hold on to through those 400 years of silence. And so to draw something out of this for us, Malachi specifically calls attention to the scriptures here. The point being that in that time of silence, the scriptures were to be a source of life and of joy and of hope for the future. Right? They served to sustain the people of God, to sustain the remnant. And the reality is the same is still true for us, right? The Bible sustains us and it gives us life through all of the difficult things that we go through, right? Through the seasons of our lives, the scriptures keep us going. And so as we do bring this to a close, this episode and uh, this series on the Minor Prophets and this podcast as a whole, I think a fitting challenge is actually to draw back to the beginning of this podcast, our first episode on Psalm 1 that talked about storing up inner riches within ourselves, by storing up knowledge of the Bible within us so that we have it there, so that we can draw on it for life and for strength and for hope, right? And the hope is that this podcast along the way, that over the past uh, several months, that this has helped uh, everyone who's engaged with it to store up those kinds of inner riches, that after listening, uh, you have stories and passages and books of the Bible that you have a better understanding of uh, that are stored up within you, that you can draw on as you go about your days, and the challenge moving forward is, is just to not let that stop here, right? but to continue to find ways to dig deeper into scripture, to grow in your understanding of the Bible, 
and to store up these inner riches of the scriptures inside of you and to really find and draw strength and life and hope from it. That's my hope for you and for all of us. And I hope that this podcast has helped along the way. This is the final episode of The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. Thanks for listening today and thanks for joining us along the ride. I hope you're doing well.